Buffalo Wild Wings has specials on food from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and great deals on drinks all day. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no. Try a $3 Wild Herd by Goose Island. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m. That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha, ha, ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart. Whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, you can always send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our radio website where you can find out what we've done in the past, where we're doing today, and where we hope to be tomorrow at www.exxonradio.com. Now, what we have done for all the members of the Exxon Nation around the world is we have made our first season of the Exxon TV show available for one and all, 12 complete episodes, no commercials, just the shows at www.exxonetv.com. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern until 10 p.m. Eastern, Right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, and in Europe on Radio X. 
My guest this hour is Dan Terry, and he is an author, ghost hunter, a Coast Guard veteran, and uh, has been a police officer for nearly 30 years. I guess we can say Dan is an assistant chief of police by day, but by night, paranormal investigator. Uh, he began his ghost hunting in the mid-70s, inspired by his television hero, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, realizing quickly that sitting in empty old homes or cemeteries and listening for voices were not accepted in the military or in police work. Uh, he stopped active investigations until the television show Ghost Hunters exploded on the scene and made ghost hunting mainstream. Dan has written five books on ghost hunting to date. This includes the most recent book, Too Orny to Die, in which he haunted, I'm sorry, which he hunted the spirit of Missouri's first known serial killer, Bertha Gifford, from the home in which she started her murderous rampage to the jail cell where she awaited trial, slowly going insane. Joining me now is Dan Terry. And Dan, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the invitation. Well, it's great having you with us, Dan. Uh, tell us a little bit about your early days as the spook stalker. Well, how early do we want to get? Uh, back in the 70s, after I was introduced to Kolshak the Night Stalker and his style, uh, as soon as I got my driver's license, me and a few friends started ghost hunting, going to haunted places. We even uh, debunked our very first case. What was that? How did you debunk your case? Because this is very rare for a ghost hunter to actually say they've debunked their case. This was uh, a rare one, I suppose. We got a, an old legend of a haunted tombstone that re reportedly glowed. And uh, as we approached, it was glowing. I can't deny that. But after a little while, we figured out about a quarter mile away, as a car turned a corner, the lights would hit that just mm -hmm. right. Uh. And uh, yeah, as it passed, it would stop glowing, of course. But from the road, it, it looked like it was glowing. So there you are, mystery solved in the true fashion of an assistant uh, police chief. How, tell, well, you know, I can't tell you I wasn't scared for a little bit, but we got it. No, there you go. Um, as a, as a police officer, you are trained for the facts. Do you find that your your expertise in law enforcement is a definite asset when it comes to investigating the paranormal? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the uh, the best thing I've got is the ability to question and look for um, people not quite telling the truth, mm -hmm. uh, body language, that sort of thing. All the training that you've acquired over the many years in law enforcement. Absolutely. All it right. comes in very handy. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it does. And as I was saying to you before we went to air, there are more and more law enforcement officers who are coming into the realm of paranormal investigator than I have ever seen before. And I've been doing this show now for 20 years. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, 
at WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Dan Terry is my guest this hour, www.spookstalker.com. Dan, to date, what has been your most perplexing paranormal investigation? Boy, that uh, covers a lot of them. But uh, I'd have to give it to uh, the Diamonds. It's an old truck stop. used to be on Route 66 out here. Mm -hmm. And I ran into a shadow person that not only didn't run, but challenged me in front of a room full of witnesses. It was pretty exciting at the time. Tell us about it. You know, how do, you know, it, I've never heard of, of, a, of a spirit or an entity challenging, peop, uh, challenging a person in a room full of people. Did the other people in the room see the, what you were seeing? Uh, actually, they saw things I didn't see. Wow, like what? Well, the shadow was walking back and forth on a wall. It looked like a normal shadow. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and I just, there's something wrong here. And somebody else, a guy named Tim Clifton, mentioned that he saw it too. So I went to the only window in the room, and I said, now, does that block it? And the guy said, Dan, I see your shadow, and I see its shadow. I said, all right, I'm going to step in front of it. I actually turned my back on it and stepped in front of where I thought the light was coming from. And about 12 people in the room took a big, deep breath all at once. And I was certain I was about to get killed. But one of them very calmly said, Dan, it's above you. And apparently when I stepped in its way, it literally lifted off the floor (laughs) and uh, raised above me. And I turned around and saw it then, and he, it stayed around another five, ten minutes and then faded away, but it responded to my challenge. Dan, how do we explain a shadow that has, by all means, an intelligence of it when we can't see anything solid in front of it in order to create the shadow? Well, I haven't quite come up to an answer on that one yet myself, but uh, I think a lot of them are just spirits that haven't developed into full-body apparitions yet 
Others may be demonic. I've heard that, but I cannot swear I've ever seen a demon or dealt with one. So I'm just not totally sure. Have you or any of the investigators that you know ever been physically uh, assaulted by a spirit? I've been pushed, scratched. Uh, I've been bit. Wow. Yeah, that, that one was at the uh, Waverly Hills Sanitarium. So, yeah, actually, I've known several who's been scratched. Uh, in the house you talked about earlier, Bertha Gifford, Yes. the first time we was there, an uh, investigator got scratches on the back of her neck. And that was pretty exciting. I, I guess it would be. But here we are in the year 2016. We have all this technological equipment. And yet we still do not understand the basic premise of what a spirit is or what a ghost is. That's when, true. You know, it must be very perplexing when you go to a place, no matter where it is, and you are physically assaulted by something that is there but cannot be seen, which means it doesn't have mass, but yet it can create either a scratch or, or push someone? I have come to the conclusion that these spirits have the same personality in death that they had in life. So it is no different for me from walking into a domestic situation, mm -hmm. into a possible burglary. It's They're fighting back, just like normal, everyday living people do in the wrong situations. So I, I take it as just kind of normal, everyday stuff. Okay. Um, tell me about the Bertha Gifford case. She was a, quite a woman. Uh, lived over in Jefferson County, Missouri. She was considered the prettiest gal in the county in her day. This would have been late 1800s. Her and her husband, her first husband, ran a house, uh, kind of a hotel, a place mm -hmm. where people could come and get a meal and stay the night. Somewhere along the line, she met another guy, and her husband, strangely enough, died of a stomach ailment, is how it was it was worded. Neighbors at the time said they, them two were fighting a lot. Uh, after a respectable few months, she married her boyfriend, and they moved to another part of the county. But throughout all of her time, there were strange deaths around her. And it was mostly her second husband's family, several members of that. Uh, they know for absolutely certain she used arsenic to poison three. Hmm. Two children and a 70-some-year-old man. They suspect 17. And I've heard the number go as high as 32. Eventually, she did get caught, and um, she was arrested. She was put in the county jail here in Franklin, where she, well, her insanity began to come out more. She would scream foul language at the, from the top window out to the people below. She wouldn't eat. She was afraid uh, somebody would try to poison her. Eventually, she was found guilty of, or not guilty by reason of insanity, spent the rest of her life in an insane asylum where she died in the 50s. And uh, she got very upset when she was told she couldn't be the cook. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I couldn't understand that. One of her yeah. doctors uh, had a cleaning woman, a uh, woman who took care of the house, mm-hmm. who passed away. She tried to get that job. Got upset when they wouldn't hire her for that either. Now, does she haunt the uh, the the um, the insane asylum where she passed? Well, that is, that building is gone. Oh, uh, I see. It's it's no longer standing. Mm-hmm. She does do the uh, house in Jefferson County and the jail in Franklin County. And in Jefferson County, we could hear her in her high heels walking on the floor above our heads. And like I said, one investigator was trying to talk to a uh, child spirit Mm -hmm. and got scratched on the back of the neck, three long scratches, got a good photo of it in one of the books. Wow. And um, another investigator who gave me her photo, one I trained, as a matter of fact, she got a picture in there of a child, looks like a boy, possibly seven, eight years old, and he's wearing bib overalls, standing in a window, looking in, from the outside looking in. He had no eyes, but the rest of him was right. So there's a lot of spirits still at Morse Mill. Why do, well, the, why, do the, why do the spirits remain? Why don't they go to the other side? Why don't they go to the light? I think there's as many reasons why they don't go to the light or go to the other side as there are people. Some of them are afraid mm-hmm. to go to the other side, afraid of judgment. Some feel like they're being held here with unfinished business. Uh, I think the children are, are afraid of her and afraid to, to leave because of, of the fear they've developed of her. Uh, I'm not sure they even understand what they can and can't do on the other side. How many paranormal groups would you say go through that house in a year? Boy, uh, if I said 20, I'd probably be low. Really? Somewhere in there, yeah. A lot of groups go through uh, two or three times, as a matter of fact, because of the activity in that house. Hmm. So with all this activity that's going on, what, why do groups keep going back? Time after time after time. What what is the draw? What is the the finality? What are people looking for? Well, a lot of people say they're looking for answers. Uh, myself, I don't think we're going to find any answers. Um, I do it just because I like I like the thrill. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, adrenaline rush of actually making contact with the other side. I can't say I doubt there's life after death because I've been bitten by it and shoved by it. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm not looking forward to finding out real fast. (laughs) But uh, overall, I I do it for the fun. I do it for the thrill. I I think a lot of folks do. What is the ultimate? I mean, besides the thrill, and I Uh I can understand that, but what as a paranormal investigator are you trying to accomplish? Well, I guess we all want evidence. Uh, we all want proof we can we can throw out mm-hmm. and, and get people to be amazed by it. But like I've said before, if I capture a demon and tie it up with a golden lariat, spitting fire with horns and a forked tail and drug it into a room full of 100 people, somebody's going to scream Photoshop. And when they do, 
50% of the people will agree it was Photoshop. There's, you just will never be able to prove this to the masses. We can only prove it to ourselves. But why do you think there's so much skepticism when it comes to what paranormal investigators truly believe as evidence, and when they do show it to the masses, the masses say Photoshop? What has caused this mistrust? I don't know if it's mistrust as much as it is simply they don't want to know. In fact, I had an investigation here just recently where this one guy kept swearing his mother was dead. The Bible told him that when she died, she went to heaven, she went to hell, but she was not on this plane. And uh, when I proved to her that it was his mother, it was it was uh, an amazing experience how he cried and just fell apart in front of me. How did you prove to him that it was his mother? I handed him a pair of dowsing rods. This is my favorite uh, tool for ghost hunting. I've been using it now for several years. Just a simple pair of copper rods. Mm -hmm. Put it in someone's hand, show them how to, how to hold them, and then told him... This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Terrius, our guest this hour, Exxon Nation, website www.spookstalker.com. Dan, uh, before we went to the news break, you were telling us about your favorite tool being dowsing rods, two, yes, two pieces of copper wire that are in an L shape, and you place them in your hands, and away you go. Why do you put so much faith into the dowsing rods? They just have worked for me since the very first time I, got, I, I used them. I was doing a charity ghost hunt in a place called the John Bush Brewery, which is the original Bush Beer Brewery, and it's in Washington, Missouri. And uh, I brought them in there only because these people had paid good money for these tickets to mm -hmm. ghost hunt with me, and I only have one K2 meter. So I got these rods for them, and they just took off and worked great. So uh, I've been using them ever since, and I hand them to people who are very skeptical of them, and they will look at me. That <clears throat> they feel a power coming through them. They uh, they say I'm not moving them, and they're getting the answers. It, it's just a, a remarkable ghost hunting tool. What other tools do you use? You said a K2 meter, and um, what kind of equipment do you use? Do you go after EVPs? I do. I have a couple of just regular Walmart-type digital voice recorders. They seem mm -hmm. to work best. And again, because of my background, uh, I don't filter. I don't try to make sounds better than they are. Uh, mm -hmm. If I don't 
hear them playing, then I don't use them. Uh, my evidence has got to be right there obvious or I won't use it. So I use cheap, uh, cheap recorders and video cameras and regular old stuff. The dowsing rods is about the only thing I use that's different from a lot of people. How hard is it for you to teach someone how to use a dowsing rod? Well, 30 seconds if they're skeptical and don't want to listen. Uh, 10 seconds if they're not. I just put it in their hands. I, I put them right where the mm -hmm. fingers touch the palm of the hand and show them how to keep their fingers loose and their thumbs down. Start asking questions. And uh, it works every time. It's, it's really been an amazing device. I was in Kansas at the uh, Oz Museum, Wizard of Oz Museum, just six, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. And a guy begged me to let him use them, which I was glad to, and he wasn't getting anything, wasn't getting anything. We went to another building, a theater, the Columbia. And there he asked again, and throughout this, it turns out a family member who had passed was trying to contact him. And I told him the same thing. Think the question. You don't have to say it out loud, but see if you get the right answers. And this big guy with the tattoos and the big arms was crying like a baby before it was over. My goodness. It's, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. Lately, over the last two or three years, I've had a lot of family members coming through and talking to the, the people that's there on the ghost hunt with me. Hmm. It's, it's really been wild. I'm thinking I need to write a book about it. Do you think that uh, that these these spirits are coming through while you're there because you were sensitive and they can they can tell your your honesty and and that you you exude integrity when you're doing it because of who you are? Well, I'd sure like to think so, but uh, I, I really believe these. Spirits have been waiting for the right time and mm -hmm. looking for a way to get their message across. Mostly like this fellow in Kansas, the message was, it's okay, I'm all right. But uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's the right time, right place, right time, right tools. And they're taking advantage of it. Hmm, they're taking advantage of it. Who are the they? The spirits. I really believe the spirits of these family members are coming through just to make contact and give these folks some comfort. I did one uh, last fall, mm -hmm. and actually it was a local county queen contest for the county fair, and they asked me to do the ghost hunt there at the Bush Brewery Forum for a photo op, and about four of them had family members literally come through one, uh, a boyfriend who had died in a car accident about eight months earlier. And she ended up calling his mother to come because he was there giving the messages. Uh, and I wasn't even in the room. I'd shown him how to do it and walked away for a while. And these folks were getting the answers, the right ones. So it's the spirits wanting the right time. I had provided them with the means and they took it over. But how did the spirits know that these people were going to be there? Oh, I, it could be they just uh, they can see the future. I don't think time has the kind of linear meaning on the other side it does mm. for us. Or the spirits are following them all the time. And this was their option. This was their opportunity.
It Why? happens so often. It's amazing to see these people start bubbling up and crying when they reach reach someone. Yeah. Do you, do you think that the veil between this side and the other side is, is getting thinner? I think it is. Uh, like I said, this has started just in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. When I started ghost hunting in the 70s, maybe I just didn't know what I was doing, but I wasn't finding the kind of stuff I'm finding now. Is it because people are more open to it thanks to ghost hunters and ghost academy and all those? Mm-hmm. It's possible. People are just more open, so there's more coming through. But either way, there's some reason why the ghosts are more active now than they used to be. Now, when you do an investigation, do you bring other investigators with you? Do you bring a psychic or a medium with you? Or do you stick to the tried and true of the dowsing rods? I have a sensitive on my team mm-hmm. that I use a lot. His name is Tim Clifton. Um, I, was, I was actually working a uh, local ambulance shift that was haunted. And uh, he wasn't with me. He'd been in a car accident, wasn't oh, available. Geez. I didn't even tell him I was going. Mm-hmm. Get a call in the middle of it. I answered it, and he said, Dan, I said, Tim, I'm busy. He goes, I know there's an old woman there in the room who wants to speak. She does not want a lot of attention. She wants somebody to know she's there. She's a mother figure. And in World War II, she did something, maybe draft board, something to do with the war. And it turned out the uh, main ambulance guy, the uh, the guy who runs it, an uh, older lady had recently passed. He considered her a mother. And she met her husband working in an airplane factory in St. Louis. And... Uh, it just everything worked out just right. That's why I believe in this sensitive. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dan Terry, and his website is spookstalker.com. Now, are there any battle, uh, civil war, or early battlegrounds that you have investigated? Oh, yes, sir. When he was in Kansas, and it was uh, one of the last battles as General Price was getting out of Missouri trying to get back to the South. Mm-hmm. He had a large Union force right behind him. Uh, we went there. We camped out. And the strangest thing that happened, we, we got to the point where there was a fight as they were trying to get the wagons over a creek. On the way back, something was walking in the woods around us and there was about six of us that heard it and we could hear their footsteps Hmm. they escorted us towards the bridge when i stopped and challenged them i would say easily 50 owls started screeching and they continued this loud incredible screeching as we exited quickly to that footbridge and i mean literally as soon as the last person stepped off that bridge the owl stopped. Bang. And uh, that was that was pretty wild. We we got a lot of interesting evidence that day at that battlefield. What kind of evidence did you get? We got some uh, voices. Uh, the I was with another group actually. I was with Kansas Paranormal Research Society. I work with them quite mm-hmm. often. There's several groups that allow me to work with them, and uh, their psychics were sensing stuff. Um, got some orb photos, some very, very powerful orb photos. They got some EVPs of rifle shots, as a matter of fact. And we didn't hear them at the time. 
yeah, it, it was it was an interesting place. How do we explain that EVPs cannot be heard at the time of recording, that they're only heard after when the recording is played back? I have explanation for that. Hmm. I, I've, it's happened to me several times. In fact, I only remember one time I was in a room and I suggested the ghost was hanging around waiting for his wife to pass and we heard a loud no that didn't record. But we all heard it. Wow. Uh, other usually we get get them both. We can hear them, then we can record them. But I, I really don't have an explanation why sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. As an investigator, not only a paranormal investigator, but also as a as a trained law enforcement officer and uh, being the assistant chief of police of of a of a police department, what is your most perplexing part about investigating the paranormal well of course i can't question the spirits my, my best tool in police work is watching people it's watching yeah. them when they lie watching their eyes move watching their body, body language. language i cannot do that with the spirits i have to take them at their word has there ever been a time in your law enforcement career where you have been helped by a spirit in solving a case? You know, I cannot say that it has, no. Um, I've had uh, people come to me with ghost problems while I was on duty. Right. But no, no, I can't say I've had a spirit help me yet. They must, the people who come to you uh, with a ghost problem while you're on duty must find it very comforting to know that you believe and you don't think that they're ready for a section eight they really uh the biggest one the, the most interesting one it took him about 30 minutes of talking with me to finally breach the subject uh he was afraid i would think he was crazy but mm -hmm. once he did we had a very exciting case at his house and i actually had to call in help on that one if i have ever done a demonic case that's the one I, I, of course, I cannot say one way or the other because right. I never saw it. But yeah, that he was really afraid to tell me. Could you tell but us? Ab could you tell us about it? He came into my office. We jabbered about this and that for quite a while, and then he said, "Oh, I, I know you're interested in this stuff. I just thought I'd tell you that uh, my son is seeing this spirit." And he went on to say, "The it started out. The boy saw it in his room." Then another spirit came and chased it away. And then it started knocking things over where the boy would be blamed. Uh, it was sounding, for lack of a better word, like a textbook demonic case to me. Uh, I've read several books on it. So I called a guy named Stephen Lachance. I don't know if you know him or not. I he sure do. Up. I sure know Stephen very well. Uh, he, he helped me out on this case. And uh, he said, well, the important thing is that it hasn't left the house. And... The next day, the dad called. The boy swears he saw it on the bus. And I called Stephen back. He brought his team in. I brought my team in. We got some incredible video. We, we literally have an orb coming in the room, circling it twice, and the dog is watching it circle. Then it stopped right about three inches off the nose of a cat, like it was staring at the cat, and then leaped out of the room. And... Uh, uh, Stephen and his team, Teresa Reeve and uh, I think Tim Clifton was with him that night. Uh, they chased the ghost. They literally went through the house, blessing it, and finally got rid of it. 
and it came back, but we found out it was kind of a, the family wasn't doing what they should have. Mm. They actually brought in a psychic who was a girlfriend of a friend. And she said, oh, there's a little boy outside. Come on in. And it all started all over again. But uh, that was that was different. <laughs> it, Stephen said it was a demon. I will not deny it. I just thought we got rid of it awfully yeah. easy. I'll tell you something. I've had the pleasure of having Stephen on the show a number of times, and uh, he's one credible dude in my books. He's a good man, and he, he has is. helped me out on several cases. Um, have you ever dealt with a case where a Ouija board has been involved? I have. Um, and in, in this particular case, uh, things started happening, things started going on, and uh, they burned it thinking that would help, and it didn't. And that's another one where I had to call another team in to assist. Do you have any idea on how a Ouija board works? I think a Ouija board don't work a lot different from the K2 meter or the uh, rods that hmm. I use, except with your hands on it, you are literally asking the spirit to control your hands as it moves around. And that's the thing I don't much care about, about them. Uh, I prefer my rods. I just ask them to move the rods. They don't have to touch me at all. But, uh, yeah, I think Ouija boards work, and I don't think they're evil. Just and, people don't know how to use them. So why do you think Ouija boards are getting such a bum rap? You know, like I've had, I've had psychics on the shows, mediums on the shows, ghost investigators on the show who swear that Ouija boards open up a porthole into... Who knows where and that there's a lot of lying and deceit that comes from the other side when using a Ouija board. My own belief is a Ouija board is a lot like a pistol. Mm. It's a tool that can be used for good or bad. I like that. If you leave that pistol lying around where a kid can get hold of it who doesn't know what he's doing, it can be done bad things that it never intended. So a Ouija board is very similar. A Ouija mm -hmm. board, if you don't know what you're doing, it it can leave the door open for anything to come through. If you know what you're doing. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365.
Dan Terry is our guest to this hour, Nation, www.spookstalker.com. First of all, Dan, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the Exxon. It's been a great pleasure uh, having you on, and uh, thank you for sharing the cases that you've worked on uh, over the years. And uh, I want to wish you much success with your books. And where can your books be uh, found uh, for, so our listeners can buy them? Uh, they're all available on Amazon, and uh, I've got uh, one new one that I don't think you mentioned. It's called Ghost Walk, mm-hmm. and it's only available on on uh, ebooks. And then uh, To Henri to Die is also available as an ebook now. Excellent. Um, what are your What are your final thoughts tonight that we can share with the Exxon Nation? I guess just that for the people who don't believe it, it's real. Uh, we've done so much, and I've worked with so many incredibly honest and trustworthy people on, on these ghost hunts. There's no question in my mind it's real. And before you criticize or call mm-hmm. us names, come out and do a couple of these things. And I've told people before, come out on three ghost hunts with me, and I will convince you it's, it's real. There are so many reality shows these days about ghosts, ghost hunters, uh, paranormal investigations. Some of them are anything but real, and they shouldn't be under the auspices of of reality TV. They shouldn't even be on the air. But as a professional, do you think that these shows are an asset or a hindrance to you? I think they started out as a definite asset. Mm -hmm. It, It really brought this into the mainstream. Right. And as you said in your introduction, which was very nice, thanks, um, I had to hide this to do my job as a uh, sailor and as a an, an officer. Mm-hmm. And now people will come to me for this, thanks to ghost hunters. That said, it's hard to convince people that we can't do this in 22 minutes. I cannot get yeah. you all this evidence in half an hour. It takes hours and hours of this, and it's dull. Until something happens, it's very boring. It's not, un- far- it's not unlike the television shows that portray uh, police work and uh, the forensic work that goes into law enforcement, CSI, where crime is solved in, what, uh, 44 minutes if you take out the commercials. Yeah, with devices we don't even own. <laughs> That's right. Pop- uh, and most departments don't have teams like that. So you're right, and people believe that. But uh, when it comes to ghost hunting, too many of those shows makes us look, well, it makes us look bad because we can't do it in 20 minutes. There's a new movie coming out, Ghostbusters, Four Ladies and a Male Secretary. What are your thoughts on that? I am way too much of a traditionalist. Without Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, I just can't get excited about it. But I will go see it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Listen, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Great pleasure talking to you this past hour. Um, we're going to have you back on in the future. But do you remember the program uh, Chicago Blues? I'm sorry? Chicago Blue. Chicago Blue. You lost me. All right. It was a police show. I've heard of it, but okay. I never got to see it here. The sergeant used to say one thing at the beginning of every show, just as roll call was being dismissed. And I'm going to say the same thing to you. Be careful out there, my friend. Thank you. I will. And thank you for your time. It's my great pleasure. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour has been Dan Terry. 
And um, his website is spookstalker.com. That's www.spookstalker.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario.